Welcome to The Great Conversation, where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, and they can change the world. Today, we're going to spend some time in the risk, resilience, and security industry. And we have with us today, from the domain of information security risk management, Kent Howard of Verizon. Welcome, Kent. Hi, thank you, Ron. Uh, Kent, you've spent years in both domains, both the physical and the information systems domains. That's fairly unique. We don't see many people who cross both. How did that happen and why is that important? It happened. Um, I don't know that it happened by anything that I had to do with it. However, I, I started off in the, in the IT and morphed into information security along the way. I had opportunity to spend some time doing computer forensics where I established relationships with folks in the physical security side because that's where uh, investigations, internal investigations occur uh, frequently anyway. And when uh, a manager role opened up in that physical security space, I, I had a, a foot in, if you will, and was able to step over from information security to, to physical security, kind of the, the morphology of how that happened. And that, and, and that morphology, very natural, I get it, and, and by circumstance. But now if you look in the rear view mirror, why do you think that's important now? Why is that valuable? Or, or is it? Is it just something you've done? Or are you finding that it gives you insights that you nor normally wouldn't have? It, it's, a, it's absolutely uh, um, insightful, the, the comprehensive thought process that you can come at from security. And, and stop thinking about security in my own little space. I'm an information security person or I'm a physical security person and think about it more holistically. Uh, one of the big things, and I've been asked the question before, but one of the big things is, if, especially if you're on the technology side, but you can start thinking about security more holistically with that, that dual background and think in terms of where can we develop synergies? How can we have relationships? And you don't even have to go all the way to convergence, though there are folks in, in both industries that, that you know, want to talk about convergence. Uh, you can talk about the benefits. And so, you know, instead of having a, an access control system on the logical side, an access control system on the physical side, well, what if we sit down around the table and talk about having one access control system where we control the identity, we have access to identity across the board, and we're not maintaining multiple platforms. It's one, it's one example. Well, you know, it's so interesting you bring that up. That's a great segue because those are simply tools. And if you're running a program, or even two programs, one physical security and one logical security, if you're running two programs, what you want to do for your company is save time and money. Right. You, you want to optimize the performance of your outcomes. So if you have a 15-minute response time of your officers, you want to get that down to zero if, if possible, right? You want to get that to real time if possible. So all those things come into people performing roles in a process, using technology, looking for non-value touch points. It, right. And from some of the papers you've written, I can tell you understand that deeply. Yeah, I, I like uh, to focus in on the commonalities between the two as opposed to the differences. You know, a lot of folks in the information security space come from IT and honestly, 
it's not uncommon to see territoriality in, in IT spaces. And so with that, that kind of goes with people as they make the change from IT to information security. And, and you can even, you can hear it in the industry. You go to conferences, you talk to people, you're standing at vendor booths or whatever the example may be. You can, you can hear those conversations going on within organizations where, oh, they're just physical security. They, they only have to worry about, you know, people getting into buildings or something. We're, we're responsible for everything else and all kinds of conversations like that. When you, talk, when you think in terms of the commonalities though, you get back to the whole topic of security to start with and that is risk in, in its simplest form. That's what security is all about. And so having those, having feet in both spaces, if you will, or having experience in both spaces, I can kind of help bridge those conversations back to something that, that longer term can help organizations uh, move forward with designing their security, thinking about their security, partnering with each other to, to put those programs in place. Yeah, you, you definitely are somebody who peels back the onion. You ask why so many times, why, 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 why are we doing this? Why do we do it that way? And I've seen it in yes. your papers and in the conversations I've had with you. So what, um, what would a business leader, a CEO, a C-level person running in the enterprise, a line of business owner, how do they describe security today and the why of security in your opinion? Yeah, it's, it's all over the place, I think. Uh, you get all sorts of you get all sorts of responses. Uh, the the most one of the most common is you get back to a list of things that need to be done. You, they've, they've talked to a consultant, they've talked to a, a vendor or somebody at a conference or whatever. Uh, we even see it at the state level. Uh, New York's Department of Financial Services has has required all financial uh, organizations doing business within their state to adhere to a list of cybersecurity practices. So we, we, we get these lists all over the place. And that's, that's one of the most common thought processes is if I, have, if I have put little green check marks by everything on the list that Ron gave to me at the conference last week, then I'm, I have security and I, I don't really need to think about it beyond that point. I can just go on as normal and I can begin thinking about my business and I don't have to worry about security because I, that, that list is done and it's on the other side of my desk now. Wow. Um, uh, for those of you who know, and I think we'll try to post it on the website under the resource page, uh, if we can get permission by the Journal of Physical Security, but Kent's a published author. He wrote an article, uh, a white paper called Security by Design in the Journal of Physical Security last year. Uh, uh, tell me the premise behind the paper. Sure. Uh, at, at the time, as an independent consultant, I was talking to leadership at SMBs uh, in the New York space, and uh, I, I heard all these conversations. I, I, was asked, I was asked point blank, well, why do I need more security? I've been in business umpteen zillion years, and I'm on the 14th floor of my building. There's a guard in the, in the lobby. Why do I need more security than that? So it really got the thought processes to going around helping to educate leadership on first landing on kind of a common understanding of security and then leading that 
conversation down through what security is all about, why we need security, and how that fits into the organization. And one th thread of conversation that you are able to have once you've kind of established uh, the, the initial thoughts and the initial common understandings is security culture and the need for security culture. What does security culture even look like? Uh, and how do, you, how do you establish that? Who establishes it? And, and many organizations, larger organizations, security culture still isn't thought about at the C level uh, or the CEO level. It's thought about as being a responsibility of whoever leads security. So clearly in the SMB space, that's a little bit different, but in lar mid to large organizations are thinking, yeah, our, our security leader will take care of our security culture and it just, it's just not happening. Uh, the security culture comes from the very top. It, very, it, it, ha it has to, uh, because everyone in the organization is responsible for security at some level. And so we need to hear, all employees need to hear about the priority that's being placed on security by their leadership. Mm -hmm. One of uh, uh, Gary, Gary Gooden, the CISO at Seattle Children's, uh, I was trying to understand what made him tick. What, what was the lever which uh, he would pull against everything he does at Seattle Children's? And he owns physical security technology on the network and, and also, of course, cybersecurity. And uh, Gary said something that was very telling. He said, the true north is my customer and stakeholder experience. And I thought that was really interesting. Why would you want to experience security? And you smile and he goes, that's the point. You don't. I've got to be able to make a safe and secure facility without it necessarily being at the front of mind, uh, the architecture and the complexity. I need to hide, hide the complexity behind it. So when he's speaking the language at the C-level, at the business level, he's not speaking the language of risk management. He's speaking a different kind of language, isn't he? Right. Yeah, I, th I think so. You're, uh, the, the folks further down the org chart are, are needing to hear uh, how their attention to security impacts the organization or not, right? Uh, and maybe it's something simple like, I don't share my access badge or I don't let people tailgate behind me. I don't share my password. I don't let, uh, if I see something, I say something. If that, at, so folks at that, at that level, that's, that's the way that everybody needs to be thinking. But further up, managers that are responsible for systems, uh, if they're, especially if they're internet facing, they have a different level of security risk management responsibility. And further up to the C level, you know, they're, they're the folks that, that need to be talking about why security and what security is and how it plays to the bottom line because that's that's who they have to talk to is the board and they have to talk about the bottom line and when there's impact from security uh incidents that's that's a conversation around the around those tables and one of the common one of the common questions that comes out is prior to the incident what were we doing to prevent security events and those are those can be those can be uncomfortable conversations. So yes, the the levels of conversation, the words that are used, the language that's used, 
all up and down the org chart are different, but it all comes back to what the board cares about and that's managing risk. Um, since your white paper was on a topic called security by design, for our listeners, let's define what that means and why it's important to this, the statement you just made. And that is, it's all about uh, the CEO managing risk and opportunity. So uh, help me out. What is security by design? Sure. Security by design is really intended to be intentional, to think about security intentionally and, and not have security happen accidentally. Um, so at the, at, the, at the board level, thinking about risk management, they have delegated the management of security risk to the executive folks, right? And on down through the organization. And in order to develop the security program, right? First, we have to understand at those, at those levels what security is all about. And I think we've kind of said that we might've hit around it. So let's just say it verbatim, security is about managing risk. It's, it's not any more complex than that uh, as far as the sentence is, is concerned or the idea is concerned. Security is about managing risk. And that also answers the question of why we have security. We have security to manage that aspect or that flavor of risk uh, in our organizations. Once, uh, once you get there, you can begin saying, you can begin asking questions around what are the, what are the goals that we want to accomplish with our security program? And you're not even really thinking about that checklist that we talked about earlier, Ron. You're, you're thinking in terms of what are the organization's goals and what are, what, are the, what are the wrappers that we want to put around the organization uh, in the way of goals? And we put, the, we put the first layer in place with policy, but then you have to have that program design that you're asking about, right? And so I, I like the word intentional. I think I said the word intentional just a moment ago. It's about an intentional design and that takes a holistic view of how are we going to manage security risk? You know, um, let's pause there for a second because I want to dig deep, intentional with a holistic view. I want to dig into that. But I'm thinking of our security ecosystem right now. Uh, consultants, integrators, so forth vendors that can come alongside a CSO or somebody who owns the security risk function inside an SMB, for example. Do you see security by design approaches easily accessed in the vendor ecosystem by those leaders if they want to intentionally design a security risk program? I, I am I'm comfortable saying that I have talked to some folks that, that understand the, the need for a holistic design and they, they pursue that. Uh, when I moved from New York down to Dallas last year or the year before, I, I ran into a CEO of a security, a managed service provider, security provider 
in the Dallas area. And it was one of the first conversations I had with him. We had a meet and greet and I, I heard the exact words I was, I was hoping to be able to hear. And he, he got that picture. He got that understanding and that definition. And he's, he takes his clients to the same place. So to, the list, the checklist of things that we can offer you through our subscription service, those are important, but we need to talk about policy. We need to talk about strategy. We need to talk about program structure. Uh, you mentioned earlier, our, uh, in, in kind of setting up the conversation for today, uh, the, the idea of strategy and, and for just fundamentals uh, for a business, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to start a business and go hire an accountant and hire somebody for the warehouse and hire somebody in sales and say, okay, now I'm in business. You sit down and you figure out strategy, figure out how, what are the goals? What do I want to try to achieve? Where am I even going to do business? Who am I going to do business with? Who am I going to do business for? You ask this whole series of questions to put your, your strategy together and you put your structure together and then you can go away and hire uh, the people that are on the checklist and we're talking about that checklist paradigm, you can then begin building, putting the things on the checklist that you need to go get done in order to support those goals and that strategy. But you've got to start at that intentional design level to say, this is what my business is going to look like. The same thing applies to security. I d now let's go back to the definition, intentional versus holistic. If you have, you know, an elevator uh, description for the C staff as well as the security leaders on what the components, elements of holistic might look like. Look, what would it look like to you? Yeah, so it's it starts with a set of goals that take into account the or, the overall organizational goals. It, take, it starts with, or it includes stakeholders from across the organization sitting down to talk about managing security risk. A guiding coalition. A guiding coalition. It talks about, uh, it's, it starts with, I mentioned security culture earlier. It starts with some hard conversation, if hard conversation is needed, but it starts with some conversation at the top of the organization about security culture and what does that look like uh, and, and what's needed in order to, to develop and maintain an ongoing security culture such that everyone from the C-suite all the way down through the entire org chart understands what their role is and they understand what they're supposed to do to help manage security risk. We kind of talked through some of that earlier. Without, but, but you brought that up as the third one, but you started with organizational goals. So whatever the buy-in is from top down, yes. on what that means still has to support as frictionless as possible, the organizational goals. Yes. Yes. Agreed. What about values? What about corporate values? Uh, that can certainly be, that's certainly part of it. And so if you, if I, I, I like to include the along with the organizational goals i like to include those so maybe maybe organ maybe an organization has a, a a motto or a credo or something and and they have four or five bullet points on the wall inside their front door that that really helps 
people define what they stand for. Absolutely. That's, that's right. part of that, part of that design process and part of that discussion process before we ever get to the list of things about how we're going to do it. Well, I really like this. You starting with that, because if you have a conflict in your security policy program that conflicts with the goals and the values of the organization, then innovation has to occur because you've got to create, you could got to still create security, but you got to do it in alignment with those, with those things. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the, one of the resources that I, that I drew from a, a book called idealized design, um, Akoff, Addison and Madison are the authors of that book. And it goes way back to an experience that one of the authors had way back in the mid 1950s. Uh, he happened to what was then called Bell Labs, now called AT&T or, or something else at this point. Um, and he had opportunity to participate in a re-engineering effort at Bell Labs that resulted in all of the features that we're familiar with with the telephone system today. Mm. Voicemail, call forwarding, three-way calling, all of those kinds of things. The reality, what, what he walked away with from that experience was starting with the whole instead of starting with the pieces. What, he, what the author realized was, and the, the methodology that he and his partners ultimately developed, which they describe in the book, Idealized Design, was we've been thinking about how do we, how do we break this thing down into the little chunks and, and address these in pieces. He's walked away thinking, okay, we can't design, we can't design something large based on pieces. We have to start with what do we want the whole thing to look like to start with? And then we can come back to figure out how do we get from where we are to that, to that big design. It's, it's the, it's the fundamental thought process that I kind of follow even at a, even at a program within the program level. So I had opportunity to put an inf um, security technology program together. I, I started with the same fundamentals to build that, that security technology program out that was part of a larger security program, but I applied those principles to, and I sat the stakeholders down and we asked the specific and intentional questions. What do we want, what do we want our security technology program to do? What are the goals of our program? And true to, true to the, the thought process, one of the first ones was, well, we've got to match the goals of the larger program. We've got to be consistent with that. We've got to be consistent with those company values and those company priorities. And it had nothing to do with listing out the technologies that we ultimately were going to go after. It was, how do we put the program together? How do we put the strategy and the structure together? No. It's the same concept. So it comes, comes from that same place. Those of you listening, what I'm getting at with that organizational goals and values, let's just call that the minimum, uh, the minimum thing you have to do because obviously to exceed those goals would be the, 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 the innovation practice in that as yeah. well. Um, beautiful. So um, I usually ask two questions at the end of every interview, and one of them is a resource question. I think you've given it to us, Kent idealized design. Let's see if we can get that on the resource page, as well as your article in August of 2019 in the Journal of Physical Security entitled oh. Security by Design. 
So I, I, I'll, I'll get those two resources on the website and really appreciate your, your reference to them. Yeah, uh, pick up a third one, if you will. And, and it's Enterprise Security Risk Management Concepts and Applications. And that's Brian Allen and Rochelle Lawyer, uh, Allen, A-L-L-E-N, and Lawyer. That's, a, that's another fantastic. And that, that's more along the lines of convergence between security, but it talks a lot about what do we have to do to think holistically and, and how do we involve stakeholders from across the organization and, and really helps iron out some of those individual topics. Yeah, for those of you listening, Brian Allen has spoken at the Great Conversation and uh, I've been meaning to get a hold of him. Now you've just given me the second question, which is <laughs> who should we invite to the round table for the next Great Conversation, Ken? There See, you you're, you're, you're always three steps ahead of me, Ken. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I wanna thank uh, Kent Howard for another great conversation. Thank you, Kim. Sure, thank you.